When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, <laughs> Freddie Rivas, uh, who will only be saying Vision Six Nine a couple more times. So I'm really, I'm digging it. Yikes! Um, really? I have, I have a new slogan. Uh, oh, coming I, for I, season yeah. eleven? Yeah, I think so. I think I got, I got one. Um, wow! But uh, uh, who are you on the other side? Introduce yourself to the people. Freddie, I'm your producer. My name is Matt Duncan. And, uh, you know, funny that you say that. We're going to have some change coming for season 11. And I think that I'm ready to retire some of the Weird Al. I think this might be our last. Maybe. Uh, Yeah. Never say never, right? (laughs) I think maybe maybe, uh, we're going to start season 11 in uh, two weeks and then go back to weekly. So I'm going to maybe invest in some other (laughs) stinks, maybe. Maybe retire Weird Al a little bit. Maybe we'll bring him out mid-season when we need a little bit of a, a lift up, a boost. A boost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. For anyone who's, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, Matt's been playing Weird Al sound bites for probably about a year and a half now, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's a big part of this pod. So uh, <laughs> honestly, settle in. Um, but uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Raptors had media day. It was media day everywhere. Um, but we're going to start with Raptors. So let's bring on our guests here. Uh, she's done the podcast a, a bunch of times. She's also done my WNBA podcast pickup uh, that I host with Catherine Niker. Uh, she is the um, uh, managing editor. I think that's the title of, uh, of Raptors HQ. She's a writer, podcaster, covers covers the WNBA. Uh, also an improviser. We just did a show together. Uh, shout out to uh, a friend of the pod, Matt McCready, uh, Beer Beer uh, on the East End. It was really fun. Please make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Chelsea Late. <laughs> this is like, this song sounds like a lot of bubbles, you know? I feel like, is it the same one every time I come on? It I, is, yeah. Nice. Matt, Matt catalogs it. Yeah. It's, it's a really intense Excel spreadsheet of... Um, I love it. Royalty-free music. <laughs> commitment to the bit, which we're going to talk about later for sure, but I appreciate commitment to the bit. Yeah, Matt Matt is, is nothing if not committed <laughs> to the weirdest sounds you've ever heard. Um, but uh, uh, it sparks joy. Um, also sparking joy. Uh, yeah, I was a, a fan of uh, his writing and his podcasting long before we ever met. Um, he's, he's an amazing basketball personality. He's with Sportsnet. 
uh, with Raptors Republic a little bit still, I believe, um, uh, on raptors.com. Uh, you can also catch him uh, on, on Locked On, uh, on, on Locked On Raptors with Sean Woodley, uh, who's another basketball personality I love. But um, yeah, make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Vivek Jacobs. I think I added an S on your last name for some reason. I'm ready to go to a beach. I'm ready for Hawaii. Yeah, man. This is like. <laughs> yeah, mine was like techno dance beat, and this is yeah. like still like. You're, yeah, Chelsea's vibes. was like. Chelsea's was the ferry over to the island. Yours is. We're on the island now. <laughs> We're on the island now, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I, I said Raptors Republic, but I guess Raptors Republic alumni. Is I'll, I'll always be Raptors Republic. Okay, good. Yeah. R until I, I, I die. That when I said it, you know? <laughs> um, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining. Doing great. Doing great. Uh, glad you were able to squeeze me in. Uh, you got Champions League later and, you know, Blue Jays playoffs and all that. So get this all Busy done Busy man. Now. Busy man. Right. Well, yeah. right. And Blue Jays, is it, I think I just read, does it start at 448 is the game? 438. Oh, very specific. <laughs> that's gotta be. Is that when it's like? So, is what if it's like four thirty-seven or four thirty-eight? That's basically just the timing of the anthem, right? Is that what's going on? Yeah, but you know what? I would appreciate if the NBA did that. You know, like when you see that's the true. schedule and it says seven p.m. and then the game doesn't start until like seven fifteen. Yeah, just give yeah. us the real time. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I'd appreciate Even that. The too. WNBA does that too. Like the WNBA, if they say like seven, it's usually like seven oh four. Like it's not that bad. Yeah, you, you the hear NBA, that? it's like you hear that NBA. We have scheduling gripes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's start talking some Raptors. Uh, Maddie, good sir. Again, uh, maybe it's weird out. Maybe it's not. Give me your your weirdest Raptors sting. Hey, Bobby Webster. So, Freaking in some way that sounds like this guy's dying. Trust in Masai. There we go. Trust in Masai. Um, I don't think Weird Al will ever, <laughs> the, the robot version of Weird Al will never pronounce Masai's name properly. Um, <laughs> but we love him for it. Uh, okay, Chelsea, let's start with you. Um, and I should say uh, to our listeners, I feel like we're, we're we have the, the luxury and the privilege. You were both there, right? So, I'm like a lot of people just sort of going off what I, what I watched um, and kind of like Twitter vibes, which is always a chaotic and stressful thing to do. Um, so yeah, don't, don't trust <laughs> Twitter angst for your actual news, but uh, it happens. Um, yeah. So I guess let me just start with the, uh, you know, the idea that I, I, anyone that's, you know, used to the Messiah era, I think is used to, you know, confidence, uh, this, this idea that, that things are okay. We are patient, you know, we are not a panic driven front office. Um, and we're probably going to hear things like, I believe in Toronto. I believe in the city, probably going to hear the word win a bunch. Uh, and we have one, so it all kind of made sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, we heard the word selfish, uh, uh, at least a couple times from, from him, from Darko, uh, later from Pascal. So my question, which is a little bit meandering, uh, is 
you know, is that the actual, is that the, like, what, like, what message is being sent? Would you say Chelsea, like what beyond all the kind of like semantical, you know, selfishness or whatever, what is the front office uh, and the rest of the team? Like, what are they trying to say? Yeah. I mean, being there yesterday, getting to like hear all of them and like, I guess just like sense the mood. I think, you know, there was a lot said yesterday online about like the, the vibe of media day. And like, I don't think it was as bad as people were talking about, but like there was still, I, and in my opinion, I think the message being sent was like a, a lack of a message. I think, I think the problem going on right now is that there's like kind of a lack of direction and a lack of really knowing what's going on. And I think the big thing that I noticed from Masai's um, press conference was that one of the things he said is that they just wanted to like wait and see what happens this season. And so in my head, that was kind of like, okay, they're kind of prolonging sending an actual message. Like anything we hear right now, I don't think is the real message. I think they are uh, procrastinating in my uh, view. So I think that yeah, I, I didn't really get a clear message. And I think that was intentional. I think a lot of what they said was vague. Um, and especially when it came to like the future and what their plans were in terms of people's contracts expiring and who they're planning on, like, you know, giving extensions to and all of that. I get, you know, some of it being business stuff and you don't want to talk about it. But in my head, it was just very much like vague and like we don't want to we don't want to like stir the pot one way or another. Mm hmm. So let, let me just sort of jump on like the, the business stuff part of what you're saying. Do you think mm -hmm. like the vagueness is to remain malleable? Like is, is sort of the strategy there? Like, you know, you're saying it was intentional. And I think it was right. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you're hearing Masai and Darko sort of say similar things, right? So they're mm -hmm. on the same page, even if it's to not say too much. Like, is it, yeah. you know, them being like, we don't want to, and I, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but is it them being yeah. like, we don't want to say anything because what if in a couple of days we get OG to sign or what if in a couple of days we get uh, Pascal to sign or, you know, have a trade or something like that. You know what I mean? Is, is that part of the philosophy you think? Yeah. I mean, I think this team has always been, or this front office specifically has been a little bit tight lipped with like what their plans are, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to like trade deadline or draft stuff. And uh, in that sense. And so I do think the vagueness is intentional to kind of, I guess, keep their cards close to their chest and see if there is anything happening right now, not to, you know, leak anything or to get people thinking one way or another. And I do also think it's a little bit in the wake of losing out on the Dame thing, whether that was like real or not. And I think it, I think it was real, but um, to, to lose out on something like that, where that would have been such like a team altering trade mm -hmm. and maybe they were planning for that and it didn't work out. And so now it's kind of like, okay, now we're scrambling to figure out what our plan is. And so now we just don't have a plan for a little bit. And so I think it's a mix of what you're saying. And also um, just kind of the like, dust settling from not much of their summer plans working out obviously because Fred didn't sign and you know, then all the trade stuff didn't happen. So I think they've kind of made a few attempts this off season and nothing's really come to fruition. And so now they're kind of playing the like, let's wait and see. And let's, when the right trade comes along, we'll take it. That was another one of his like buzz sentences yesterday mm. was like, when the one, when the right thing comes along, we'll it'll be right or whatever. So yeah, it's <laughs> just like a mix of a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you look at the this open sky for long enough, you will maybe see a shooting star, but maybe you won't. Um, yeah. Science. 
But yeah, like I, I, know, I it, there does seem to be. I mean, I feel like Masai has always been opportunistic because sort of like an mm-hmm. overall strategy. And I guess if you're missing out on those opportunities, it doesn't mean you're not trying to get them done. It just means that yeah. like it's kind of you know. Um, yeah. yeah, Vivek, let me go to you. Same thing. Um, what are you like if 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 you had to walk away? If you're walking away from from media day being like, what is the message? Like, what would you say that is? The message, uh, again, is just that there is uncertainty over this team. I I think, uh, you know, along the lines of what Chelsea is saying, if you just look at that presser in a vacuum, it's not that bad. But I think Mm -hmm. it's when you sum it all up with everything that's transpired the last couple of years and especially entering this off season where you were thinking, okay, you know, in terms of maybe questions you've asked the last couple of years about, Hey, what does vision six, nine look like? What is Pascal Siakam like as a number one option? You know, this debate that we're now having over to go uh, younger or, you know, to really build around Pascal, nothing is really being answered, right? Like, you're halfway in, you're halfway out. Um, and then you look at some of the answers that were given. Like, I think back to um, the season before mm-hmm. when Masai was asked a question about Pascal and he was on the verge of tears. Yeah. How proud he was of how Pascal had rebounded from Tampa and had this incredible season. Um, and now he gets asked a question about Pascal and he's just like, yeah, we'll wait and see. And, you know, uh, he's talking about selfishness. And so, you know, what is this crazy shift that's happened? Yeah. Right. And so that was one thing, uh, that I came away thinking. Then the other thing that, uh, I'm, I I totally understand, uh, fans, fans being frustrated about is, Masai said at the trade deadline that, you know, big decisions are for the offseason, not the, not the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining at the time why nothing worked out in terms of trading Fred or what, what right. other move you might have in mind. And so you come into this offseason with that expectation of, okay, this is where like big assessments are going to be made um, because he's made it clear that, you know, it's not for the trade deadline. And now if nothing happens in these next couple of weeks, you're basically saying that nothing's going to happen again until next off season. Mm-hmm. Unless you go back on your word and all of a sudden, you know, things have opened up at the trade deadline. So there's so many things. This, this is the first time I think that the Raptors fan base as a whole is not really buying what Masai is selling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Like, I feel like, sorry, if I, if I jumped on you there. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always been, you know, a, a vision or this idea of like, well, I know things that you don't. So, you know, just watch. And I mean. Just quickly. Yeah. Like, even to the point, uh, you know, where Masai is saying, oh, you know, when the right opportunity or the right player comes along, we will take it. Um he almost makes it sound as if like they've kind of been in control of these situations. And it's mm. almost like they didn't view Dame as the right player, you know? Yeah. 
It's like, no, this this absolutely would have been the right move if the other side would have accepted. <laughs> so you know what I mean? So who the right player is, all of that, I think just comes down to um, both sides just coming to an agreement. Right. I don't I don't think it's so much. Oh, we actually didn't want this guy. <laughs> so 100 um, percent. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's just a lot of holes that can be poked into Masai's messaging from, you know, the trade deadline to now that is creating just a lot of angst. Understandably. And, well- well, even yesterday when we were talking, well, not we, because he was talking and I was sitting, but uh, when he was talking yesterday about um, the trade stuff, like you were just saying, and he he kept saying a few times, it takes two people to do a deal. It mm-hmm. takes two people to do a deal. So obviously what was happening is that they were trying to get Dame and Portland just wasn't accepting what they had to offer. Either they weren't offering enough or it wasn't the right stuff or Dame just didn't want to come or whatever that stuff was. But that was another thing that yesterday I was like, he keeps saying that it takes two people. It takes two people. And even with all these reports coming out saying like he's difficult to make deals with and this and that, like that adds to this, like you were saying, like dis not distrust. I don't know if that's the right word, but this like disengagement with his message that is very new. Cause even, I would say even at the trade deadline, people were still like, you know, trust him, trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I don't know if this is projecting a little bit, but I feel like with Masai, with the way he's operated, you know, I've always said that he doesn't like to operate um, without leverage. And I feel like he's been in this position for a while where he doesn't have leverage. So it's sort of like, it's almost like there's this feeling of being stuck. And, you know, with Vision 6-9, it was sort of like, hey, this is, don't worry, like, I'll figure this out. And then we trade for Pirtle, which is kind of an admission that it's like, okay, we do need someone to shore up the middle. And then, you know, when it comes to Fred, that's like, a, I guess, like a James Harden miscalculation, whatever, uh, you know, he got the bag, you know, so that's like an L. And then, you know, trying to get uh, in on this like Lillard, you know, I guess, you know, if it takes two people to trade, you know, that was like a three team deal. Right. So we couldn't be a third team. We couldn't be a second team, whatever it was. It's yeah. I think we all see these kind of like missed opportunities and it's almost, you know, back to what Vivek was saying. It's kind of like him saying, no, don't worry. Like we're, we're actually, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to be desperate here and we're going to just like, we're in control. And mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to believe when you, when it seems like you're, a t- it's like, you're, a t- it's like you you ask someone to go out, you know, for some drinks and they're like, Oh, I'm busy. And you're like, I never wanted to go out. So, yeah. you know, I'm just, and I mean, actually. you think about what, Vivek was saying before how he says he doesn't like to manage stuff at the trade deadline, but you think about how he's put himself into a corner now where you either have to do something at the trade deadline this year, or you risk the same thing happening two years in a row where your free agents just walk. And like, that's a very large possibility given like what is transpiring right now with this team. And so either he's going to go back on his word from a year ago and say, you know, okay, I guess I'm trading in the trade deadline or there's like a really good chance that Pascal or Gary or OG are just going to walk, if not more than one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you've put yourself in this corner now where either you're going to go back on your word or you're going to lose out. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things he needed to do that he didn't 
fully do was just really own uh, the Fred Van Vliet situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even, even when he, uh, like, he literally said, if you want to c- call it a failure, <laughs> then we'll take responsibility for it. It's not, hey, we look back on the situation and we messed up. It's, oh, if you feel that way, then fine, you know? Um, And I think when you look at that situation, like go back, like, why are you trading for Jakob Pertl? Obviously, you're trying to be very competitive right now. Why do you give up, uh, you know, top six protection uh, on a pick, right? Because you are expecting to be very good. And now by losing Fred Van Vliet, you put yourself in a tough situation. And I've been pretty critical of the Jakob Pertl deal. because I think you lose that, you've lost that on two levels. Obviously, uh, there's the aspect of the pick. There's the aspect of hey, Vision Six Nine failed. You have to get a center in. But to me, the other aspect in which you failed is you've got the wrong center. Like part of why I was okay with being patient in getting a center mm-hmm. was if you got the right center to play alongside the rest of the roster. Right. And like a when Miles you Turner look, or whatever, it has to be a big that can space the floor. As long as Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes are on the same team, you need a big that can space the floor. And if not, you're just going to run into these issues where spacing is a massive issue. Like Jakob Pertl literally could not play at the end of a play in game. The only reason he got on the floor at the very end was because Gary Trent Jr. was so bad in that game. Yeah. So the fact that you've traded for this center who you call a top 10 center that can't even play closing minutes of a play-in game, like, I like Jakob Pertl individually as a player. I think he would be absolutely phenomenal <laughs> with the Warriors, with, you know, the Phoenix Suns, with plenty of shooting around him. Mm-hmm. But in this situation... He's an average center at best with this roster. Yeah, no, I think I think that's really fair. And it's like, it's sort of a harsh, like I felt, when you were saying that, I felt my throat go like, Ooh, because it's like, <laughs> shit, man. Um, when you lay it out like that, it's pretty rough. And and yeah, I, I love Jakobrno. I think he's really, you know, an intelligent basketball player. He's a good, def- he's, a, he's well-rounded, minus the fact that, you know, shooting is such a massive part of any team's success uh, in this current era of the NBA. And then you also have this sort of... And he can't make free throws. And he can't make free throws. And you sort of have this failure alongside all of those, which is we will teach people how to shoot. And it's like, well, you better teach them faster because, um, you know what I mean? Like short of precious uh, Scotty... Pascal all making sort of three point jumps this year. You just, you just have too many players on one team that can't space the floor or, or shoot. And it doesn't matter how creative you are with the offensive rebounding. Um, and, you know, I do have some belief that, uh, you know, Darko will bring in some new ideas. Um, and, you know, to, to a point that was being made, I think it was by you Vivek earlier about sort of like, we don't make, you know, or maybe you both made it, but like the changes in the summer thing, I do think letting go of nurse is, is a gigantic change to the overall everything of this team. But that's fair until we sort of see the guy who was brought in 
is better and able to establish a development system or reestablish a development system or sort of like put us on a new trajectory, it doesn't feel like anything. Like people, when, when people think about big changes, they think about players. They don't think about mm-hmm. coaches and coaching staff. Um, and that's fair, you know? And then and also you, you set yourself up for, Hey, we have three people. We're bringing them all back. It's like, okay, well, you're lucky Gary opted in. Uh, you did sign Pirtle to 20 a year, which is like fair enough, but then you miss missed out on Fred and, and yeah, there's a lack of ownership of that. And I'm glad you highlighted if, because the if is sort of like, man, just say it. We miscalculated the Fred scenario, um, you know, because he's always going on about his job being secure. So it's like, well, your your bosses probably know that too. So, you know, we know it. They know it. If you just say, hey, we messed up on Fred and we didn't anticipate what happened and it, it did and we got Schroeder and. But yeah, I mean, there's so much I don't know about about messaging. Maybe he can't say that for Schroeder's sake or I'm, I'm giving him excuses now, but. <laughs> um okay let's uh let's let's keep talking about media day but um let's just kind of let that bleed in like i th- I think that all i think we dealt with the sort of like yeah the pascal the the this idea of message and stuff um what else sort of it can be small it can be big like what do you think is something you observed in media day that is you know, forget about Twitter for a second is sort of not resonating with the fan base enough, but is the thing. I think for me, the prioritization of internal development, like when you look at the coaching staff that Darko Ryakovich has brought in, when you look at Ryakovich talking about, Hey, I want my bench to be four or five guys deep Mm -hmm. and they have to have an opportunity to play. Uh, I think that's something significant to look forward to this season. For sure. And, you know, for me, the last couple of years, something that has traditionally been a major strength in the Maasai era is that pipeline from the 905 to the Raptors and the development of rotation pieces, right? And so I feel like neither has really transpired. Like, you know, you look at guys who have been drafted, like, Malachi Flynn, um, you look at, you know, Delano Benton hasn't really panned out. Uh, we're kind of in wait and see mode with Christian Coloco, who I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously wish him the best, really tough time physically right now for him. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Um, yeah, for sure. So there's, you know, a lot of ifs, ands, or buts about what's happened with the development uh, the last few years. And so I think that is something that with Darko saying how important that is to him, uh, I want to see things really get back in gear. Uh, Cause you know, trades, free agents, all of that stuff, you can only do so much and then it's kind of out of your control. This is very much in your control in terms of internal development, in terms of your scouting, all of that. So uh, I think that's the part of the Raptors that they have lost a bit of that identity that they really need to rediscover. Yeah, well well said and, and well observed too. You know, I think uh, I've said it a bunch of times on, on this pod, but one of the big kind of egg on my face moments about last year is, uh, I'm going to say it again because it sounds ridiculous. I said that last year's Raptors team was going to be an it was going to be a regular season juggernaut and a first round exit. So that was what I thought last year's team was. 
But a big part of that was uh, what I didn't factor into nurse's philosophy was this sort of like heavy minutes thing. Like I so thought that vision six, nine, like a major key integral part of it is this like kind of platoon basketball where we rolled out 10, 11, 12 guys. And we played this insane defense and offensive rebounding and all this kind of stuff. Um, I thought that was a major, major part of it. Um, and yeah, I've always admired guys like, uh, you know, Steve Kerr, uh, and the way that they do that, because I feel like you no, know, like you can practice as much as you want. And it, obviously that does matter, but I really do feel like in game rep, like meaningful minutes too, like not just garbage time. And, and also not looking, looking over your shoulder. Like if you get five minutes a game every night, I think that, you know, that's different than getting, you know, 25 minutes, um, one night and then you don't play for a month. Like, I really think you're like, Hey, you have five minutes, do something. Here's what we expect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really, really, uh, uh, I'm with you on that. Um, Chelsea, is there anything, uh, yeah, that you kind of observed and, you know, think is relevant? Yeah. I mean, I think this was like at the borderline of a lot of these discussions we were having yesterday. Well, like people on Twitter were having yesterday, um, where, you know, the, the, the thought about the coaching system was kind of being talked about. And I think the one thing that is kind of getting uh, left behind a little bit is that we're about to see a huge shift in the way that this team is coached. And I feel like that's going to bring out so much difference in the way that these players are used and like, like how they play in general. I mean, the big thing, especially when Darko was up there yesterday was him talking about his like, love for like classic traditional basketball. And I think the thing that vision six, nine didn't really lend well to is those traditional things like, you know, using the pick and roll and ball movement and stuff like that, that the Raptors really lacked last season. And I think the main messaging that Darko and even Masai and whoever were trying to get out was the fact that they're going to try and go back to all of these like basics. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we haven't seen on this team for a little, for a little while, maybe because of the whole vision six, nine thing. And I do think that as much as that's kind of become a joke over the past few years, I do believe we're like kind of closing down on that era and kind of going back to basics. Um, and we're going to see a lot more kind of traditional style, um, and I mean, that's kind of hard to say when we don't really have a clear vision on who the point guard is going to be. But I do kind of see where, you know, a lot of the talk with Scotty yesterday was how he's going to be on ball more and how they want to develop him into more of like a point guard option. And so I think that's part of this whole going back to basics um, traditional classic basketball kind of stuff. And I think, you know, whether, it ends up working or not, or whether these are the right players to do that. I'm not sure, but I do think that's like the plan. And I mean, if you have been a, a criticizer of vision six, nine, especially over the past couple of years, then, um, you know, maybe that's a good sign for you, but I'm, I'm very curious how it works out because that's kind of been the like Darko theme since he's been brought in. So. Yeah. I mean, and you know, for a guy that like wrote an essay on uh the pick and roll yeah it would be it would be a pretty wild joke for him to not run pick and rolls uh you mm-hmm. know what I mean? if he's like i understand the pick and roll to like to it's like you know absolute granular degree if he's yeah. not rocking pick and rolls with when he's a head coach then it's like wait wait a second i mean in all fairness, I do remember the, the the talk about Nick Nurse coming in was that he was an offensive genius. 
And, you know, he really sort of like, I think obsessed over defense more than anything else, um, you know, as a, as a Raptors head coach. So who knows? Um, Yeah. And I do think like one last thing, I do think that's where a lot of the selfish rhetoric came from yesterday. mm -hmm. And I think it started because, I guess a lot of the philosophy philosophy behind this whole vision six, nine thing kind of, I guess, lent well to like ISO ball and stuff like that, where they're just, they're not playing that traditional pick and roll basketball because you don't have those traditional, you don't have a traditional center on the floor. And so I think a lot of that selfish talk yesterday came from the fact that they're like, okay, we're starting to move away from this that we've been trying for the last couple of years. And this classic basketball doesn't lend to selfish. And I, I think people kind of took that buzzword and ran with it, but hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's fair. Um, and also I feel like if you're, you know, Nick nurse had kind of like a read and react style and maybe we just didn't really have the pieces for mm. like, you know, we're, we're not like the sort of like joy of basketball warriors where everybody's shooting, everybody's setting screens. It's kind of clunky out there. So it's just like, devolved in the isos and mismatch hunting and stuff and yeah i think that maybe like, like sort of a compliment your point i think that's sort of like maybe where the selfishness where the identification of like this was selfish basketball more so than like this x player is selfish and x player is mm-hmm. not selfish um mm-hmm. yeah i know anything else to add vivek before we move on uh, I, I think just as an overarching point you know i think coming into media day everyone's kind of preparing in their own way in terms of what questions to ask and you know what aspects of the team most interest them Mm -hmm. and so i think i would say that selfish was more a buzzword among the media and because it's something that masai said that he observed uh, at the end of last season that is something that the media came in with with hey what is going to be different next season this is something you said you observed and and then it kind of just caught on in you know the quotes that we're then receiving right as opposed okay. to you know them just kind of bringing it up themselves yeah right so like is is it fair to say that kind of like this narrative that you know the media is sort of like selfish got it i'll be back in a little bit Okay, so anyways, yeah. you were talking about selfish, and then he was like, yeah. "I was a little yeah. bit." As I said, a bunch yeah. of things, but um, yeah, right. And I mean, yeah, everybody sense. just yeah. It's a it's a lot of like one question inspires the other one, expires the other one, and so mm-hmm. a lot of people are just kind of coming up with this stuff on the fly as much as you prepare. But once that like and a buzzword like that, as soon as that goes up, these people are like, "You're gonna be like, okay, but especially when he's being very vague too, you're gonna be like, okay, but let's try and clarify on the selfish thing, and then it just comes back again and again. And then because he was the first one, every mm-hmm. person after that, it just ends up being. Yeah. You know, first thing, you know, 20 minutes ago, we were talking to Messiah about selfishness, and then you keep going. Yeah, like some 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 media member just like stands up with like the definition of selfish, reads it out loud. Like, do you agree? Um, yeah. And then there's me over here, like, so the WBA. <laughs> hey, I love the James Wade. We need it though. We need the James. Yeah, we need the James. And uh, James Wade's a big personality, man. I hope he gets on the mic. Yeah. Like, uh, oh man. Yeah, you know, we we all saw the sort of like this is my house energy and. Um, yeah, it's fun covering the w, the w and then seeing him come over because, like, you know, 
a lot of people aren't familiar with James, I'm sure, but mm-hmm. he he's going to be someone that like uh, yeah, the moment he is on camera, people are going to be like this guy's got a lot going on. Like he's cool. Oh yeah. Stay tuned after the break for more Confederacy of Dunks. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cool. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, good sir. I don't know if it's another Weird Al sting. I embrace whatever you have for me. Please give me your weirdest NBA sting. This is Adam Silver, huh? Okay, it still is. Weird Al still ruling the day. That's fine. <laughs> I said the last day. <laughs> it's the last day. Um, shout out Daniel Radcliffe. Still haven't seen that movie. Um, <laughs> I heard it's good. Uh, but... Um, Okay, uh, this is our sort of like silly segment. And sometimes, you know, I got to fish for this question a little bit. Not today. Uh, anyone that saw Jimmy Butler, I mean, like we've seen it before. Like he had the like, you know, the the, the dreads uh, last year. And it was like really because like it's a funny joke because, you know, just so anyone if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Jimmy Butler will show up on media day um, looking absolutely nothing like he does on a regular basis. However, that's when all the photos are taking. So all the like pregame stuff, you're always going to see that photo and you're going to be like, who's that? Um, and, and, and it was, it was a gift I kept giving because I, well, when I was watching highlights or whatever, I'd see that photo and I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's Jimmy. And then I'd remember that. I'd be like, Oh yeah. He just did that for one day. Um, but anyways, he, he, like quadrupled down and went full emo. So uh, if you haven't seen the pick, he's got like, he's almost has like a similar, like there's almost like a James Brown vibe because there's that, like that straight hair parted and he's got the like lip ring and eyebrow <laughs> ring. And anyways, that's the image that we're going to see all year. Oh, and really it reminds me of like doing school photos when I was a kid. And like one time I brought in a monocle I was popping off. Um, uh, anyways, I, I love that shit because it's weird. <laughs> and uh, my question to you three is um, what is your media day disguise? Like if you, if you were going to do something like this, like what could you pull off based on your look? What would you do? Like what's your most, how adventurous would you be? Matt, I'm going to start with you. What's, what's the look? Yeah. The, the whole Jimmy Butler thing, when I saw him, it really reminded me of a time where I was invited to a wedding many years ago when I was single. And you know, sometimes when you're single and you get invites to weddings and you don't get a plus one, mm-hmm. so you just got to come by yourself and you sit at a table full of weirdos. And yeah, and I, for some reason, was like, you know what? I'm going to wear Obama sunglasses to this wedding. It was an outdoor wedding, but like... B- Obama? Yeah, like, like Obama? Oh, yeah, Obama was on the lenses. Oh so, my God. 
It's like <laughs> when you show up like that and then it's like, okay, I've got to commit. And I kind of feel that with Jimmy when he was up there. He's like, all right, I did it. I went through the whole process. Now I'm here. Now I got to roll with it yeah. the rest of the day. It just kind of had that same nervousness that I had. It's a big choice. Let me a, just ask about these glasses. Can you see through them? You can see through them. Yeah. They were okay. a little bit obstructed because like, I think they had like pinholes or something in them. They looked <laughs> okay, kind of like, yeah. uh, yeah. like, <laughs> like Kanye glasses, but <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> With Obama. This was like back in his first term. He was very relevant and everything. You know, everyone was loving him. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know why. Just the first thing I thought was like, oh, yeah, well, why did I do that? Uh, but I'm looking forward to Jimmy Butler playing with that hair. I hope he plays the whole season with one eye. That'd be fantastic if he's, like, terrible and he's, like, missing shots and he, like, can't even yeah. dunk. Like, he keeps missing the net because he's, like, looking through one eye. With if he played with that hair, it would be <laughs> beyond what anything anyone was ever expecting. Yes, Absolutely. I, for me, I don't know what it was. And maybe it's because the poor fellow passed away some, uh, not too long ago, but me dressed as Pee Wee Herman on a bike, like riding around the media room <laughs> felt like something that I would want to do. Was oh. not expecting a Paul Rubens <laughs> uh, Pee Wee Herman peace. reference, nor am yeah. I sure you could, I think I could probably pull off a Paul Rubens. You definitely could. You yeah. Know, faster yeah. than you could, but. I think hey, it'd be really about, weird for me. Yeah. It, just yeah, be dressed in the gray different. with the, with the bow tie on a big red bike going through. And they're just like trying to get my attention. I, I feel like if like, cause the Raptors felt a bit tense and weird that media day with Masai and everything. And I think yeah, like, could, if you had Pirtle on a damn Rubens. bike in a peewee costume, yeah. or that's how Dennis Schroeder came in at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Pirtle would be, he, Pirtle, he's got to do lurch at one point in his life. He's got to do Adam's mm. family lurch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, the, I don't know what it is. I just think I'd love to see a player do that. Uh, <laughs> Me too, dude. <laughs> you're, right. you're not alone, man. Right. right. Um, Okay. Now so. I'm just thinking about like these massive seven footers on bikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like one of those old timey tricycles where the wheel is like humongous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put Shaq on there. <laughs> yeah, man. That's like, that's also, these guys are too big for certain things. And that's how yeah. we're like begging for an injury. It's like, yeah. if, 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 yeah, if we ever get to a, a point where, where a player injures himself for a media day joke. Like we know we've jumped the <laughs> <Yeah>. shark. Um, uh, okay. Let me go. Let me go to you, Chelsea. What's your, what's your media day look? What? I mean, I, I guess at this point we've established, you don't have to successfully pull it off. Yeah, yeah. If Matt, if Matt's going to be Pee Wee Herman. You don't have to like tell people. You see, you know? um, I feel like, my media day thing. So there's been this huge thing because um, 2K added the WNBA players into 2K, mm -hmm. but they're like not doing it right. Like they'll scan their faces and then they just like won't be the same people on 2K. Huh. Um, and so this week it was a WNBA player, Lexi Brown. She was on 2K and they just like didn't add her hair. Like she was just like bald <laughs> running around 2K. And so my like, if I was going into media day now, I would just make a joke about that and just like wear a bald cap and just uh, that's have pretty no good. hair that and be good. like, well, that's how they put me on 2K. So <laughs> that's how it's going to be on the real one too. That's, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. A, a full oh, bald cap funny. too. Like you just, and, yeah. and no one could question yeah. you. You'd be like, this is who I am. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. It's a thing. 
No problems. The ma'am. thing about Jimmy's look this year is that I also think he was like making commentary on like how Miami just like didn't do anything yeah, that they Jimmy's wanted to. Yeah, working on a lot of levels. Yeah, like it was yeah. funny and it was great, but I think it was also kind of like a jab at like he was emo because like his parents didn't do anything that he wanted, and now he just has to like go back and play on the same basketball team and he's being an emo teen about it. And I thought it was a hilarious way to react to it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like the idea that it's a joke, but it's also commentary. Yeah, definitely. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Huge. Um, layered. Uh, Vivek, what's your, what's your look? What are you pulling off? Um, but we got, so far we got Pee Wee Herman and a bald cap. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so quickly on Jimmy, I, I also think he loves, trolling the nba by yeah. taking all these pictures now and so when they're in the playoffs like last year it was him with the dreads right yeah and it's like they're in the playoffs and he looks nothing like the image that's shown <laughs> yeah. sometimes they're showing his like profile picture from nba 2k and like and so I think he loves that troll aspect of it, which is just hilarious. It's so yeah. good. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if they get to like the finals and we're looking at emo Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I, I appreciate it. Um, it's like so the, it's I, one of those jokes that is like, it's not hurting anybody. So it's hilarious. No, exactly. He called it. Exactly. He, he said media day is his Halloween. So which is also hilarious. Like, <laughs> like honestly, why not? You know? Thank I love you, the commitment. I love Jimmy. Jimmy is my favorite. Um okay, so my look, uh, I will admit so again, this is not something I can pull off, but it would definitely throw people off if I showed okay. up at Media Day like this. Um so back in university, I used to play soccer at uh, the Hershey Center now Paramount, Paramount Fine Food Center, mm-hmm. and I got recruited um, by this Portuguese team, and was spending a lot of time with them. And over time, all of a sudden, you know, my hair is like fully greased up. I'm wearing tighter oh, yeah. jeans. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm into this already. I was clean shaven, so I think if I were to show up, you know. Full soccer, Gino style. Soccer Jacob. <laughs> oh, yeah. Full Cambridge, Ontario. Yeah. Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I think that would throw people off a little bit. It would throw me off. <laughs> um, and, and maybe just like full sort of. Just like, not having the beard alone. Not having like, the beard would throw yeah. me off. Yeah. And like, I also feel like you're really clean cut. So I feel like having some. Any, any amount of grease to you would already be like, are you okay? Um, pretty oily. Uh, yeah. Okay. Footy Jacob. Um, I'm, I'm going, uh, this is not really like a reference to anything that I've ever done before, but I, I was thinking maybe I could do in high school. I used to like have, uh, well, sorry. Actually when I played soccer, uh, I had like full blonde, dyed hair like what my mom would dye all our hair with like the peroxide stuff and it would like burn and wow. i had like a classic like uh um like ski jump haircut like the flip oh, forward yeah. season and like and like frosted tips it was, it was a nightmare but i think just to you know in the vein of like halloween i want to go full star trek data uh Whoa. i think 
I think I could pull it off. Yes. If you had all the makeup, act like data, talk like data. <laughs> oh my God. You know what I mean? Like the whole media. People, it would be, I think people would be down. They'd be like, you know, this guy can't, doesn't look athletic or whatever. He can't play sports, but um, there's a reason for data to be here, you know? Um, so anyways, <laughs> what, what, do you, yeah. what do you guys think of, uh, do you know that, that Lakers media personality who shows up and like asks questions in the most outrageous way like the, like he asked lebron one time you know it, it, about luca and he's like you know what do you have to do to deal with luca's you know razzmatazz scoodly diddly daddly you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we, and we that's, that's that. just his permanent personality <laughs> and like if there was a raptors version of that um i don't think pr would put up with it for too long no. but it would be fun while it lasted it would be great too. It would have to be someone like you who's already made your way in, and then all the all of a sudden you switch. So yeah. people are like, you know, they're they're checking in with you, being like, "How's everything? Like mental health wise? Like, are you good?" Like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Just my questions have a bit more flair now. Um, yeah, that. I mean, I honestly think it would like lighten things up a little bit. Um, and 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 I, I'm. I mean, yeah, I, w- I wish we had that, but I agree. I think Raptors PR would be like, you're done here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, okay, let's uh, let's move on to this last question here. Um, uh, fun, silly segment there. So uh, let me start with um, you, Vivek. Uh, and, yeah, we don't have to sort of break down, like, every single player that was moved around. Um but I'm curious, you know, with the big, with the teams have had a lot of big movement. Um, I guess I'm sort of excluding the Wizards, but um, yeah, you know, between the Celtics, the Bucks, Suns, and Blazers, give me an order of like how you think those teams did uh, with, with their transactions over the over the summer. Yeah, so I thought first of all, this was an awesome question. Um, super fun question when Thank you're you. assessing the moves over the off season of these two, these four teams. Um, cause initially I was reading it, it and was like, Oh, rank these four teams in terms of their like chances. And I'm like, the Blazers are not going to be in there, man. And then, yeah, I know the Blazers <laughs> are oh, I'd say the only and non-contending then, team there. Yeah. Uh, but I think if I were to rate the moves, um, I think, I would put the Bucks number one, um, just because you look at the pressure that Giannis was kind of applying on them, um, and the fact that they needed to come up with something, and the fact that this is the second time that they've been able to do it successfully. The first time was to get Drew, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, to not right. have that wow. emotional attachment to what Drew has accomplished since he's joined the team and was such mm-hmm. a critical part of that um, championship winning team and be like, hey, at the end of the day, this is what gives us our best shot at another championship and to pull the trigger. Uh, kudos to them because, again, look at the rumors right from the beginning of the offseason. At no point was Milwaukee mentioned. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Until very late. And so kudos to them. Um, so I have to put them number one. I would put um, the Suns number two. Okay. I think uh, they've filled out the roster quite well. And I think that even though um, 
Bradley Beal is not suited to being the point guard. Uh, I still think it's a considerable upgrade on, at this point, a very old Chris Paul. Right. Yeah. And so I think overall, when I look at the additions of, uh, you know, Utah Watanabe, when I look at um, who's Nur- Nurkic. Yeah, uh, uh, Nurkic and even Eric Gordon's there now. So I think, you know, the depth that they have and the way they fit around KD and Book is really, really good. Uh, and I think I would put them two. Um, three, I would put uh, the... I think the Blazers could move up depending on what they do with Brogdon. Right. And I think that part of it is still kind of incomplete. I think they've done really well. Um, And so I'll put them at third for now. But I do think, you know, as this continues to evolve um, and they put themselves in a great position already, I will put them three. uh, And then I will put the Celtics at four. I think uh, if you look at Drew Holiday versus, you know, Marcus Smart, that's an upgrade. Um, but I do have a bit of a concern, um, in terms of their bigs because, uh, between Kristaps and Horford, that's not a lot of health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I look at that, you know, I, I thought initially when it was just Robert Williams and Horford and Kristaps, then, you know, you expect between the three, two of them yeah. to be okay. And now to depend on those two, I think that's going to be an issue. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be an issue uh, dealing with someone like Giannis. It's going to be an issue dealing with someone like Embiid. Uh, and so but potentially, say, if they were to get to the finals, you're, you're looking at potential guys like, you know, Jokic or Anthony Davis or, you know, whatever it might be. The, the exception in terms of bigs that you're dealing with would be the Warriors. And so um, I think that is going to be a problem. So, for now, I will I will have it that way. Celtics four, Blazers three, uh, Suns two, and Bucks one. Okay, lots of good points there. Um, I yeah, I'm just gonna go. To Sorry Chelsea. if I rambled. No, 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 no. I didn't know that. That was that. The, I, I really like like following you along, and I feel like my tendency is to jump in with all these little things. But I want to hear Chelsea's first. Um, so Chelsea, yeah, like, where are you? Um, sort of similar thing to, to Vivek. Uh, also, feel free to sort of say what you agree or disagree or whatever. Yeah, um, I definitely agree Bucks first. I mean, they just kind of swooped in there and got Dame. And I think, yeah, everyone was really shocked about that. And it, yeah, definitely they're at, they were at this point where um, you had to make a move in order to keep Giannis. I, I, he has a couple years left on his uh on his contract. And so, I mean, this was a great move to get him, I guess, more invested. Um, and then, I mean, you think about it, the books were pretty much like a contender last year, but now they're like pretty solid up there. Um, and then next, um, you know, the Suns for sure. I think KD doesn't really count because it was before the off season, but you mm-hmm. have KD and then you do this huge move. Um, and I think they were just kind of, I think going, not younger because they have KD, but they were just kind of like, you know, going off of Chris Paul and moving into their next um, era. And their coaching change also has to do with that as well. I think just like we were saying, the Raptors coaching change will 
do a lot for them. I do think that like a new coach will also help them maybe move up in their potential as well. So that was a good offseason move for them. Um, and then I'm just going to switch the last two and put Celtics before Blazers just because in my head, um, the Blazers, I think, just kind of like, I don't know. It's hard when you're the guy asks to leave and they haven't really been in a very good position for a couple of years. So I'm just basing it more on like who has more potential to succeed overall this season. And obviously that's the Celtics given that they were able to make a couple of these really big moves without having to move off of um, Jason or Jalen. Um, because I think the the talk in the past like year is the fact that those two will probably have to be split up at some point, but they've been able to keep them and still add or improve in terms of, you know, doing you know, moving away from Marcus Smart and getting Drew Holiday and stuff like that. So obviously there's still concern, like Vivek was saying, but I do think they've they've made a few upgrades given the fact that they lost out on Giannis and uh yeah. Yeah. Um lots lots of good points all around and I think it's like a fun thought exercise. I think where we all agree is yeah, I also have the Bucks number one. I just think Giannis is such a special player and and the fact that he's been so, so loyal and they were able to resign him. And, you know, a big part of that, I remember him being mad when Brogdon left and being like, okay, I'll stay because uh, Drew. And then you get Lillard and it's like, okay, that, man, I think it's an underrated front office there because they are doing quite the dance to keep a player of that stature happy. Um, and then, yeah, it's like, you know, sort of splitting hairs here, but uh, I actually had Portland uh, as number two because I, for, this, for the same reason that you mentioned, Chelsea, I feel like a player saying, I want out. And not only do I want out, I want out to this specifically, this, this one, one place that does not have a lot of trade assets. And that's it. End of story. Trade be there. <laughs> and the fact that they were able to sort of wait that out, massage that out, and kind of... You know, I think part part of the just dipping back to the Raptors very quickly, I think they, you know, part of what I think worked with Drew is that it was like this like flippable asset. It's like, a, you know, and then potentially with Brogdon, it's another guy that you're going to flip potentially. So I think it's like they they put themselves in this situation where they can kind of keep adding to, you know, the Scoot DeAndre future they, they have. Um, but yeah, you know, how they do is very kind of, you know, is important. Uh, and then I, I had the Celtics last as well, um, but it was close because the Suns, yeah, hearing your answer, Vivek, I, I think I get it a bit more and, and yours too, Chelsea, but I'm just sort of, just sort of a bit confused with that kind of like the, why they dislike DeAndre Aiden so much. Um, but I think it was more of a salary thing. And uh, and then, yeah, Celtics, I I love Drew, but I, I'm not the hugest uh, Chris Stapps fan, just as far as like, I, I don't necessarily think that they need that's what this Celtics team needs. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. Um, this should be good. And yeah, I mean, sorry, Washington wizards fans, but you, you made a lot of moves too. Um, but you know, I think you're, if you're just fully bottoming out, I'm not, I'm not even sure what to say. Like, I guess see in a couple of years. Um, By the way, underrated Suns offseason move is Matt Ishbia saying, Everyone in Phoenix needs to be able to watch this team. We are going to, you know, make streaming available. We're yeah. going to make uh, them available on cable no matter what. So if you want to watch the Suns, they are available to you. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be awesome if uh, more franchises took on that lead. 
totally. I, I think that the jazz just did some sort of thing, right? Where they're like, it's like, it's like 10 bucks a month to watch every single jazz game. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Like, and yeah, I mean, this is a weird sort of cross reference, but uh, professional wrestling did that a long time ago where they're like, you can, whatever, there's some subscription thing. Like as someone that has league pass uh, and WNBA, League Pass, it's like the amount of like access I get is not enough for like paying for a specific product. It's like that's it's mm-hmm. yeah, blackouts bad. should not exist. Like <laughs> yeah, it's wild, right? No. It's like it's like I'm 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 a fan. I'm paying you. I'm paying you for the thing though. And you're anyways. Uh, yeah. Many people have made this rant, but uh, by the way, I have dropped the uh, LeBron uh, exchange about you know that Luca question in the chat. If anyone wants to check it out. i 100 percent do um i feel like uh yeah what's the guy's name like is it is it like nardwar he's he's got like a nardwar energy or what yeah 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 and Um, yeah i don't know if we can even get matt to just play the audio that would be hilarious um i don't know if that's i don't know if that's possible but um maddie is there is there is there a way to do that on the fly or um let me just see champ let me ask you about tonight how do you this is this is this is great podcasting yeah (laughs) (laughs) fill time fill time fill time (laughs) oh i I do i do get your points about the suns though i like it the pieces definitely need to like come together and like you know bradley bill is being given a role that he's never been given before. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just feel like, and maybe this is my own personal bias because I love Bradley Beal as a player. Like ever since the Wizards swept the Raptors, and Wall and <laughs> Beal just completely destroyed the Raptors, I've been like, man, Bradley Beal is awesome. And, and I think, oh, Here's this. Champ, let me ask you about tonight. How do you and your hardball cages from Lakeland plan to put the lid on Luka Doncic and his razzmatazz hop skiddly do on the money-making end of the court? Uh, no, I don't know if we can stop the razzmatazz skiddly do, but we can just, uh, you know, make it tough on both of them. Two great talents, and uh, hopefully we come. Those 76 NBA throwdowns. You and the Doncic both put 21 bushels in the basket per game and six dimes in the purse. Why, to this reporter, that's the bee's knees. That is the bee's knees. You know, it's good company. It's good company. You know, to be, uh, you know, the young in this league and uh, to be able to have, uh, you know, similar numbers after 76 throwdowns. Uh, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. So it's a great talent, uh, Doncic, and uh, hopefully I was a great talent throughout my first 76 throwdowns. How much do you think we would have to pay Samson to do that? Oh, man. Listen, we got Vivek right here. A lot. Vivek, I'll, 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 I'd straight up, I'd fundraise for you. Okay? I'd put on a comedy show. Just, and like, like people would show up. Like, they get $20 tickets. We'll sell that place out and be like, Vivek's going to, listen, we have to pay him a severance because this might be his last <laughs> He's not going to have a job after this. <laughs> also, Freddie, we, yeah. No, I was going to say we got to sell it so caps uh, to make this dream a reality. Um, legend. Uh, a couple quick things. I started laughing because I didn't re- I thought Matt had put it on and I was just clicked. I just clicked the link and I was just watching it. So my bad. That's not the <laughs> podcasting. Um, 
Thank you. Yeah, just not great work. Thank you, Matt, for putting that on. And also, thank you for like LeBron. I guess they are all used to it, but LeBron, the fact that he's not like, get this clown out of my face. Like the fact that he's like, yeah, the Rasmataz is a bit skippy is amazing. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know, that's art. I'm into that. Um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. And just yet yeah, sort of wrap up with your um, just just to finish your I don't know if you remember your thought you were having on Phoenix. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I was just I think Bradley Beal has gotten just like a little bit underrated the last couple of years being with the Wizards. And I think, you know, sometimes when a guy stops giving his all uh, defensively for a team that he knows isn't going anywhere, that kind of gets just viewed as oh he's a he's like a terrible defender now but i i think i think we'll see a, a bit of a different bradley beal now that he's got uh, a championship to aim for yeah totally and i you know i think it's also one of those things where people always say like oh there's not enough ball to go around but when you have really talented players i remember the people saying that with like durant and curry and i'm like ah these guys are good it's all good they'll figure it out um that obviously this isn't durant and curry but um when it's really, really talented players, I, I generally favor the conclusion that they'll they'll make like offensive bliss and it'll be good. But um, yeah, uh, this is great. Uh, sorry, I ran a bit long, guys. But um, yeah, it was a fun pod. Uh, Maddie, I'll get you to come back in. And let's go to you first, Chelsea. Um, you got a lot of things going on. What do you What do you want to plug? Yeah, um, check us out on Raptors HQ um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, check out my personal Twitter uh, at or X, whatever we're calling it, at Chelsea Lay. Um, post a lot of uh, other stuff that I do, WNBA stuff, comedy shows if you're in Toronto, all that fun stuff. Sweet. Thanks, Chelsea. Um, Vivek, what's up? What do you got going on? Uh, I'll be doing Raptors stuff at raptors.com. I'll be doing general NBA stuff at Sportsnet. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. If you are into cricket at all, I will be um, doing a lot with my own blog called Play in the V. Um, the World Cup begins on Thursday and we'll be running for about a month and a half. So I will be up at about 4.30 a.m. and you know going all the way until... Wow. Uh, you know, the Raptors games end. <laughs> um, that's dedication and I love it. Um, yeah, check that out. Um, I, I've been meaning to watch some cricket because there's some big sort of cricket games that go down where near where I live. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, not the same thing as following your blog, but you know, uh, <laughs> so that was my cricket jumping. Um, Matt, uh, well, what do you want to let people know about the pod? Um, yeah. Raptors Republic, of course, uh, give us the goods. Well, I guess this wraps up our off-season episodes, and we're going to start with Season 11 of Confederacy of Dunks in two weeks. Then we will be back to a weekly schedule. So head over to raptorsrepublic.com. Head over to your favorite podcatcher and subscribe to the Rapcast. If you watch the episode, the segments we put up on YouTube, please like and subscribe there. And you can listen to the full thing over on the podcatchers, and you can rate as well there. So, yeah, raptorsrepublic.com. We'll see you in a couple weeks. We're excited to start the new season. And thanks for listening through the summer. Uh, hell yeah. Let me just echo that. Um, we're uh, headed into our, I guess, like second and a half season with Raptors Republic. So, yeah, make sure you subscribe there, support everyone, all the work they're doing. Uh, listen to all the pods and um, that's a good time. 
Uh, so thank you everyone for supporting. And Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. Thank you.